Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. I think that's so cool. I love recap videos like that. I mean, didn't that look incredible? How many of you wish you could have been out there with us? Yeah. It was seriously that amazing. And it was kind of like if you were to stick your face, if like somebody like uncapped a Jesus fire hydrant and you kind of just like stuck your face in front of it, that's kind of what this week was like. Just completely blown away, blown away, blown away. Um, And so thank you for praying for us. The week was filled with Jesus and I do truly think life-shifting moments. So uh, let's just keep praying. I thank you for praying just now, but keep praying for these kids because God did some pretty significant things in their hearts and in their life that I really believe are setting them up to love Jesus for the rest of their life, all of eternity. Do you believe that with me? Amen. Amen. The longer I do this job, it becomes more than a job. You see, I always believe When I was a teenager, people would speak over me, significance, greatness. And what I'm seeing, and I thought it would look different than than what it looks like when I'm 26. But I had adults, grown people, look me in the eyes, hold me close, and speak value into me. You're made for something significant, beautiful. And you need to hear me, teenagers. It carries into you guys. What I'm realizing is that the more we do this, the more we do youth pastoring, Jesus is showing me that I have a role to play in getting a generation to behold him for who he is. Yeah? Yeah? And it's, and it's, I'm just so honored. I'm so humbled to be picked. You know when like you would line up to be picked for dodgeball or football and like you were the first pick or the whatever, as long as you weren't the last pick, right? I feel like I've been picked for his team. And he gave it all for me. And I'm just so honored and humbled to do what we're doing. It's, it's the toughest thing in the world. <laughs> it is. And I honestly feel overwhelmed a lot of days. But I think that's the Lord's reassurance of saying, like, you're in my will. Like, this is the right spot for you to be. Because you know that when God calls you, he leads you where you're going to fail. Do you know that? So you have to bank wholly on who he is and never on your own performance or how good you are or whatever or your own charisma. It is like, it has to be Jesus or it's just not good enough. It has to be. And so that's the way, like, man, I want to disciple these kids. Like, it has to be Jesus. It can't ever be like, sure, you've got a great personality. Sure, you're gifted. Sure, you're talented. But if you're not giving the people Jesus, then you're giving them something that will run out. It has to be Jesus. We have a role to play, not just me, the youth pastor, you, parents, neighbors, adults, in this church. Getting a generation to behold Jesus for who he is. This is something that takes life on life, takes years, takes moments of patience, takes just sitting with, it takes meals. And I'm just so honored, I know I said that already, but I'm so honored to be where I am what we're doing, what we're doing, because honestly, I would not have picked this. I didn't pick this at first. <laughs> it's, not, it's not what I dreamed about, but I love Jesus, and I remember as a teenager, I said yes to Jesus, saying, whatever you, wherever you call, I'll go, and can, I'll be honest with you, too. I was terrified that that meant the nations, right, because I like, you know, this comfortable lifestyle that we have here in Wichita, Kansas. It's really not that bad. 
But I will tell you, what he's called us to in Wichita has stretched me farther. Like, I've been in, another na- uh, in other nations, right? I've done ministry there, and like, that's awesome, and it's stretching, and there are moments of un- uncomfortability, but do you know that it's hard to wake up an apathetic generation? It's really hard. People have everything we need. We have our nice hot showers. We have our nice warm beds, cozy pillows. I have a silk pillowcase. Hey. Yeah. Hey, this just doesn't happen. Like, But we do. We have a generation of teenagers who are more entitled than ever. And we have to wake up to the call of God. And I think this week was a radical week of waking up. Wake up. Wake up. And so here shortly, I'm going to invite some of my friends, these amazing teenagers, to share their stories. What time does this service need to end? I didn't write any message or anything. Like, I'm literally, this is just overflow of my heart this week. So... 915, that's good. 920, okay. All right. I just want to tell some stories before I invite them up, or, or a story. When I was 15, I met the Lord in a significant way. Like, I was following Jesus. I grew up in, if you've heard my story, you know, and you know my parents, you know they love Jesus. And they raised me and my brother and my sister to, to love Jesus and to know Jesus. And I remember from a very young age loving like loving Bible stories. Does anybody else just like stories? I love stories. And just to hear about this miraculous God that would come through and the stubborn people, how they would be humbled over and over and over again and, and, and submit to the Lord's way and then he would come in and save the day and rescue his people. I loved the stories. I could tell you all the Bible heroes. I could tell you all the stories. But when I was 15, I was at a conference like this one It was called the Desperation Conference, and it's the same heart, right? It's just a different word. And the the phrase was, a generation in desperate pursuit of God. If you've ever been desperate for something, is there anything that's going to stand in your way for getting that thing? No way. No way. And I remember at 15, this moment where the Lord met my, he met me, and he spoke to my heart, and, and he just showed me who he was. And I was completely undone, completely overwhelmed by his goodness. And I remember, like, it was so significant that in that moment, it was like, Jesus, I cannot do the one foot in, one foot out lifestyle anymore. I want to live for you. I want to be the weird teenager who's known for your glory. I want to be the weird kid who shares the gospel with kids at the lunch table. I want to be, you know, the weird kid who, who wakes up and prays or who is excited about going to the worship night or the prayer meeting. And I so believe that God, he just, he met me and by his grace empowered me to live consecrated in my teenage years. Now, definitely, if you knew me as a teenager, hey, there was a lot to be worked on, right? <laughs> There's a lot still going on, Yeah. But I just remember, man, Jesus, you're real. I want to live for you for real. And then I remember that week, Pastor David Perkins, he's the short little guy with the tiny little voice, who is just such a mighty, mighty man in Jesus. 
he gave this opportunity. So did any of your teenagers come home with a poster like this called The Vow? Live the vow. That's what it says. Live the vow, a generation in bold pursuit of God. And I remember I got one of these posters that week, and I hung it up in my room, and I would look at it all the time. And it was just kind of this, even on wayward days, it was kind of this callback to remembering the faithfulness of God. Because did you know he's faithful even when we're faithless? He's not going to change who he is just because of how bad you can be. (laughs) Never. He's faithful even when we are faithless. And I had this posted up in my room. And every day I saw it, it was like, oh, man, that's what I'm living for. Days that I missed the mark, days that I was like so discouraged. Man, I'm living my life unto him for his glory. So before June hit, I'll tell you, too, I don't even know what like a regular day is anymore. I've been at camp for like a solid month. It's just been... Seriously, we had kids camp, which was amazing. And from kids camp, Pastor Tony and I went literally right into middle school camp. And it was incredible. And it was tough. And it was hot. And we stayed in cabins too tiny for all 50 of us. (laughs) And then we had presence camp, watching these kids learn what it means. These young worship leaders, you saw many of them up here learning what it means to steward the presence of God, what worship is truly about. And then finally, we kind of put it all put a button on all of it with this intense, crazy intense week we had last week. But before we left, I was at my mom and dad's house, and um, I was in my old room, and my parents have since turned that room into the baby room, because now they have five grandbabies. Three of them are mine. I'm just like... So my kids have this playroom at my mom and dad's house. And do you ever, like, when you go back to your mom and dad's, you kind of just poke around in your old room or, like, look around to see? Well, I did. I was in my closet just looking at what they still had in there. And guess what I saw? Posted up on the wall in my closet. I, I had this. And I was reminded. It was like, oh, my goodness. Here they are. Here it is. Years and years later, and I'll tell you, teenagers, at 15, when I signed this thing and posted it up on the wall, I never could have imagined your faces. Never. Not where I thought I'd be. But I made a commitment to Jesus to lay it all down, to say, God, have the glory, have everything. And so I kind of want to share some of these. There's four kind of pillars that this vow is built off of. And if you know what a vow is, a vow is like a serious commitment, Right? When you get married, you make vows to each other. You say in sickness and in health, right? For richer or for poorer. Like if things go bad, I'm still in it. And, and it's intense to ask a teenager to make a vow. <laughs> because like if they're teenagers like I was, you lose your keys every day, right? And I still do that. But to say, hey, will you lay your life down? Will you write, sign up for something that will literally cost you your entire life? This isn't like no freebie, walk in the park. This is like he gave it all, will you give it all? 
And I, and I love Pastor David's heart, too, in it, because he was just saying, and, and Pastor Matt, this is his heart, too, like, <clears throat> the generation is not as soft as we're, like, he said, what did he say? Something like, I don't feel bad for you in your pubescent state. <laughs> That's what he said. He said that. He's like, I'm done padding things so you guys can start to get comfortable with who God is. So you can start to get comfortable with walking in a lifestyle that loves Jesus, that follows Jesus. It's like, it's just not what your teenager needs. I think he, man, the Lord has just given this guy such a heart to see you for what you long for, for what you need. He just kept saying, I've seen too many 13-year-olds that are just weird for Jesus. Who are, who are groaning and weeping and rejoicing and shouting with everything they are to know Jesus. It's like, I'm done. I'm done padding this thing for you, Christian teenagers. And I think, and I, I just couldn't agree more in my heart. And so when he's inviting us to, and, and really it's the Lord, inviting us to sign something like this, a vow, it's saying, it's a big deal, right? But do you know there's a difference between, like, when you make a vow to someone, is it because you legalistically feel obligated to them, or is it because you actually are devoted to them in love? What's the difference? A legalistic obligation says, well, I have to get this done, I better, you know, I got to do this for you, and I know I said I would do that, so I guess I, I, it's good to be a man of my word, blah, 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 where a devotion is motivated by love. I want, like, I will gladly lay it all down for you. I will gladly give my life for you because I love you. I've tasted and I've seen. Let's go. Open our Bible. Psalm 34. We are going to get in the Bible. Psalm 34. And this is a big, this is where we've begun the whole week. <clears throat> Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Again, taste and see that God is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. And somebody once prayed over the room that I was in, God, would we taste and see your goodness and be ruined for anything else? Only God's goodness. That's what you were made for. That's what you exist for. Only his goodness, not your own goodness. We're made in his likeness for his glory. Do you know that God's glory far outweighs your own? You could be the coolest, wealthiest, most successful, most... Uh, Famous person in this earth, but it is literally nothing compared to the glory of God. Lee Cummings, that first night he preached and he said, you know, there's things as this world changes. Powers rise and powers fall. Things, trends come and go. But Jesus has always been getting the glory. Every, like, like since, since before there was a beginning. Like, it's always gone on. It always will go on. The center of the universe. Like, we see this picture in Revelation where everything is bowing at his feet, crying, holy, worthy, creatures that we are, like, we can't even imagine. 
in a place of glory and splendor and beauty that's hard to picture, but Jesus is on his throne, and everyone there is praising him, and it never ends, and it's just so, it's eternity, and nothing, like, as cool as I am, as influential as you are, whatever, as talented as you are, it's not like that even shifts what's happening in heaven. And ultimately, like, that's my scene. You know what I'm saying? I've been living, since I've been living to follow Jesus, he's shown me where my place is. And it's at his feet. It's in his presence. And that is the place that I'm living and longing to be. Falling in love with God's presence. It's so fitting for you to be called presence worship, those of you who are part of that. Because God's presence, when Jesus walks in the room, things change. Darkness starts to tremble. Heaviness has to lift. It has to because of how good he is, how endless he is. The weight of his goodness outweighs anything dark and anything evil. So we're praying, taste and see that the Lord is good. We would be ones who take refuge in you daily. Jesus says in John 15, if you remain in me, then I will remain in you. Or if you abide in my love, then my love will what? Abide in you. Every day, this is a thing. Signing up again, Jesus, I, I can't do this by myself. I can't do this in my own strength. And so let me hit these, and then I want to invite the kids to come up and share. Passion. I think we might have these on the slides, but... This might be a lot, but maybe you can screenshot this or something. Passion. God visits desperate people. The desperate ones are those that have tasted of God and long for more of him and his purpose. God reveals himself to people that ache, pray, and fast. He draws near to those that draw near to him. And in view of that, I vow to daily carve out a regular time to be with God, to read my Bible, and to pray. Intercession. This is prayer. God delights in my prayers. Every prayer matters to him. My prayers draw me closer to God and advance the kingdom of God. It is my conviction that God wants his sons and his daughters to always pray and to not give up. And in view of that, I vow to participate in a corporate prayer meeting every week. We do prayer. We do corporate prayer at the house, I think, four or five days of the week here and on Thursday mornings at 8.30. If you're free in these seven months, come be a part of that because literally things are shifting forever because of prayers we're praying in these rooms. Come on. 8.30 a.m. Thursday morning. I'll see you this week. Consecration. God wants me to be holy. He is holy and perfect. So my choices matter to God. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I choose to bend my life around God so that my daily choices reflect him. In view of that, I vow to fast something. Oh, this is where, like, maybe this is starting to get a little bit intense for you. Some of you have not fasted. I vow to fast something one day per week. This fast will serve as a living reminder to forego earthly things and to feed upon God. And then mission. Jesus commands me to continue his mission 
by taking the gospel to all the people. The destiny of every person matters to Jesus. This year, I vow to focus my time, energy, and resources to advance his kingdom. So here you have, man, how do I live out my vow? These pillars, passion, intercession, consecration, mission. These are things that like every day, I had it posted up in my wall, you know. As a teenager, I'd go be with God and say, God, help me in my passion. Help me be a man of intercession. Help me walk in consecration. Help me to live on mission. God, I thank you for your grace that leads me in such ways. I know it's not my own strength. Jesus, I'm banking on your grace. Remind me again of what you've done for me. How many, when was the last time we prayed that? God, remind me again of how well you have loved me. Because when you know how well you've been loved, then you can love people like he loves you. You guys want to come on up here? Teenagers. Here's his microphone. Um, so will you, when you guys come, will you um, tell us your name? And, uh, and then they're just going to testify just for a few minutes on all that the Lord has done in their heart this week. Hello. Uh, hi, my name's Hudson. And uh, man, I'm just really pumped and like blessed to be here and share the word of the Lord with you. I'm here? Okay. Sorry, I've never used the microphone. Man, it's just, it's crazy. Like five days ago... I did not have a relationship with God, and that's what really sucks. But I went to Bold this week. I, heard, I listened to David Perkins, and he just, he changed me. I broke down crying on the spot, and it was, it was really life-changing. And like uh, Jacob said, there's a verse, Matthews 13, and it talks about how uh, Jesus planted seeds there's some that fell into shallow soil, some that fell into rocks, and some that fell into good soil. The ones in the shallow soil, they, 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 they blossomed, but were just destroyed by the sun immediately. The ones that fell into the rocks did not blossom at all. But the ones that fell into the good soil, they blossomed and they stayed. They grew roots, and that's what I want for you guys. I want seeds to be in you and roots and fire to be in your heart and God he really really does change you like yesterday I went out with a girl yeah okay <laughs> we went to Andy's and there was a lady you know taking the order she was out there they don't have one of those intercoms or whatever and I felt something inside of me to ask her and just ask her what her name is and speak to her and when I did, she told me that she did not have her driving permit. I forgot how we got into this conversation, but she told me she was 17 and she did not have her driving permit because she got into a car crash seven times and she like permanently lost hearing in her left ear and she could not hear anything. And her doctors didn't know what's up. They didn't know what's wrong. So I wanna pray for her. I told her to come down here. I told her to you know have a servant, just it's really life-changing how God will make you want to talk to people, just people you don't know, just anybody, and just get to know them and pray for them, intercede for them, and just the confidence and bravery that he can give you and the kindness he can give you is just incredible. 
Hi, my name is Brody. Um, I've been diagnosed with type 1 for seven years now. And I was kind of lost, confused. And sometimes I didn't want to be here. And just last week, he just gave me some, like, it was incredible of what, like how much fire he created in my heart. And I want that for you guys. It's, it's just amazing. And now I'm just praising and reading the Bible more. He's so good. So, so good. I love him. Hi, my name is Paige, um, and the Lord has taught me a lot in this week, just pouring into us all, all of our students. I've learned a lot through students, peers, speakers, whatever. I'm going to give you a little backstory real quick. I'm a pretty, like, energetic person. When I'm worshiping, I'm jumping, I'm dancing, I'm whatever. But one thing that the Lord really re revealed to me this week is that sometimes you just have to sit in his presence. You just have to sit in silence. Not singing, not dancing, just sit with a receiving heart, a heart that's willing to hear the Lord and to just listen for his voice. And he will speak to you in such mighty ways and just that quietness, even when there's craziness going on around you. Um, he also put a scripture on my heart. So Psalm 66, 1 and 2 say, Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. That is so good, just because God is good, he's faithful, he always will be and always has been, and he has just stirred in my heart to be the light of the world, be the joy of the world. There's a lot of darkness, but look around outside, you see the sunset, you see everything, it's all created in his image, but, or like created by him, but we're the only things created in his image, and we're just going to shout his joy um, onto the earth and just to be that light because this world needs it. Yeah. It's too dark. Amen. Amen. Hi, my name is uh, Tyson, and uh, this last week, God just uh, put Generation Z on my heart. Um, just going into this last school year, I just felt like um, just, it was just, there was such a hated environment. It was there was uh, depression, anxiety, all of that just ran rampant through our school. And um, honestly, just going in this week, I just said, um, God, you say your prayer is power, so I'm just going to pray for my school. I'm going to pray for my generation. And um, he just really put on my heart in Generation Z. And he said, um, just, uh, just flip that. Just flip that hatred and anxiety and depression. Flip it to love and joy and happiness. And I feel like this next year, um, that can just happen. But he also just said, like, uh, it, it starts right now. Like, we can't wait. We can't wait till the school year starts. We can't wait till 2023, or we're just going to just let it pass by. Just We just need to start it right now. And that's basically it. Hi, so my name's Savannah Rayburn, and um, some of you guys, well, we sent out an email to the church um, a while ago about our family moving to Georgia. We felt a call from the Lord going to share him with um, people in Georgia, not necessarily knowing anything about it, but for a long time, like, most people know me, like, I'm a joyful person. 
I love to be happy and things like that. But for a long time after I found out, I was really sad. And all I could think about was I have to leave my friends. I have to leave my family. I have to leave my school. Because, like, I have an amazing, like, group here. I have all these people, all this community just building me up. And over um, at conference, well, sorry, guys, I'm kind of a pinball. But before then, um, someone spoke to me. We had Bold come and share, people from Bold coming to share before you went to Bold. And someone spoke over me then that I was going to become made bold. I was going to be bold over this summer. Um, God was going to make me bold. And I sort of forgot about it, didn't think a thing about it. And then um, Bold came around, and we were just sitting there, and we were singing Missionary's Anthem, what we just sang. And I was thinking, and I felt the Lord tell me, why are you sad? He was like, you can share, you can share so much um, of my love with other people. I'm sending you to Georgia to go share me with others. So go do this, go do the things that I'm asking you to do. And I just felt like his boldness come into my life. And, like, now I want to go. And when I get there, I'm going to start a praying meeting with our school. And I'm just going to share his joy with others. And, yeah. Uh, I got to move out because I can't sit still. But um, my name is Caleb. And um, I've been around the church whole life. Many have heard my testimony a couple of times. Just up here after church camp and stuff. And this year, I just felt like going into camp was, like, I'm excited to experience the Lord again. And just hearing, like, Going into first service, I mean, like, I feel the presence of the Lord, but it just feels, um, someone from our youth was talking about, just like a little bit out of reach. My mind keeps wandering to these dumb things. I mean, like, the dumbest of dumb things, just like prices of phones in 2020 compared to 2018. Stupid middle of worship. I'm like, why is my phone so much money? But, like, it just gets distracted. I'm like, Lord, you have created me the man I'm supposed to be, and you know my heart, and you know my thoughts and desires. Like, why can I get frustrated in my own faith because I am confused about this or confused about that. So the whole week kind of going into that. So we finished the first night, and I'm like, oh, that was, that was good. I felt the presence of the Lord. And then we go into the first morning of the second day, and presence is preaching. And they get to a part of the song that says, bye-bye, clutter, bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. And then so I, I, during this time, I'm like, okay, this is a time I get to spill, see. Like this, I'm starting to see the heart of the Lord. And during this, like I replaced the word clutter with things I wanted gone in my heart, whether it was jealousy, whether it was anything you can put there in your own life, just thinking of my heart and saying, Lord, what do you want me to put here? And I tell you, it sounds rancid. I am the worst singer, and it is so offbeat that I'm screaming it, and the people next to me are like, what the heck? But I'm like, bye, just think, like, it's four beats off, it's just terrible, but I am smiling my face off, and I don't want to because I have braces, and it's catching my lips, and it's ripping my face, and it hurts, but I'm like, God, you're so good. And this is the first glimpse, but I still feel, I'm like, show me. Let me dig into this place. I'm during this whole time, every single preacher will talk about this thing called the secret place. So many of you know the secret place is where it all starts. I can, um, it's something in my heart, because I'm uh, easily, distracted in some, easily distracted and stuff, it's hard for me to find time in that. Just because, like, I want it, I want it, I want it. But two minutes in, I'm like, I cannot get my heart right. And so I'm just thinking about this, and I'm writing notes and stuff. And these guys keep talking about how they do it and all these things. So I'm like, okay, God, this week, put that on my heart. Because I can lead a Bible study on Tuesday. That means nothing if I don't do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday in my room by myself. It means nothing. I can go to the Wednesday and be first on the mic to prayer. That means nothing to the Lord if it's not just me and him when I do that. It is not uh, on stage saying, here, look at me, look at me. Uh, I told Jacob, but during prayer, I was like, 
I can say discernment. Yeah, I know what that means. It means nothing if you don't actually spend time with the Lord and have discernment in your heart and just knowing, just knowing the heart of the Lord and let him speak through you. And so going through Tuesday or the second day, we're just going through the messages again. It's just secret place, secret place, secret place, intimacy, intimacy, intimacy. And it just keeps preaching on my heart. I'm like, okay, God, I see you. I see you, your heart in this. And then going, there's this guy named Lyle. He was great. He was talking about like praying prayers that you're just so excited for. And then later you get back, you're like, dang, I really said, take my heart wherever you want to go when I really don't want to leave. Like you're saying things that the God is saying through you that you really do not want to say. So like that night I'm going to bed. And I'm just like, I know you're going to meet me tomorrow, and I am so terrified. <laughs> I'm terrified that you're going to be with me tomorrow. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm excited to see you, but God, whenever I'm with you, I say things that I know my worldly heart will hate, but I know you want that. And so we're going in tomorrow, and the first service again, it's just like, or the last day of first service, and we're just like, yeah, I'm a little bit into it. It's the morning. We're all a little bit tired. I'm trying to think of what Jay, uh, Jace Rivera, he's amazing. He was saying, what you put in, you get out. And so like, when you put in if you put everything you have and it's only half of your ability, the Lord will overflow that. And he just gives you the energy for that. So I'm just trying to think about that. I'm still a little bit distracted. And then we get to the last session. And I walk in and Jace again, Jace again says, give it your all. Just looks at me and says, give it your all. Go all in. And so we're in there. And they're about a song in. And then I just start praying. Like, I don't even know how. I just started praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. And like, every lyric on the screen disappeared. Every person in the room disappeared. Every single desire in my heart disappeared. I'm just screaming these things, like, and I got back home, and I'm like, I really said that to the Lord, and like, I want it in my spiritual heart. I want it in my spiritual heart, but I'm like, that's an hour in the morning before school. Like, that's an hour, like, I say it now, but now I'm like, okay, God, I give it to you all. I give it to you all. The things we signed, it's, it's hanged above my bed like this, so when I get up in the morning, I don't forget, and so I get there, and I go over to Jacob, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and this word of repetition was put on my heart because when I start praying in my mind and things, things start to creep out and be like, dang, my phone's $1,000. But when I'm, when I'm yelling it and repeating it and repeating it, I remember sitting there and saying, I love you, 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 I love you. Because it's what keeps my mind on the Lord. Like, just he knows who my heart's supposed to be and he knows these things. So God has challenged me to continue before leading that Bible study on Tuesday or praying on Wednesday or things like this. Has continued to do that in growing disciples, but growing myself stronger in one-on-one intimacy. And yeah, and all that. Hey guys, my name's Colton. And um, I just kind of wanted to talk kind of from a different view um, that was, that's a little less personal, although I wanted to kind of give like a personal testimony of the way God worked in my heart. But uh, upon reflection and just thinking about how I wanted to say what I'm going to say, I just felt like the Lord was really telling me to kind of step outside of myself and just talk to you about the ways that he's kind of worked in, in, in every kid that's gone to Bold um, just recently. And um, you've already gotten six testimonies of just these really just passionate ways that the Lord has worked in them personally. I just wanted to talk about the ways that I feel like he works throughout the entire conferences on a spiritual level. And um, I just wanted to start this off. I've gone to Bold. This is my second year. It's, it's an amazing conference, and it's so beautiful because I just, I just wholeheartedly have faith in the people that run that conference. It's, it's so good. Um, you can talk. Every person that's on that stage is going to talk to you uh, once they're in the crowd once the conference is over, if they see you in the halls, these people aren't 
celebrities. These people don't hold them to a higher estate, even though they're being flown out everywhere. Um, and most of the kids that came with us um, talked and met um, these people that were there. And so it's really beautiful. And the thing I love about it is we had, I checked with Jacob before this, we had 71 kids come to Bold this year. We had 50 kids last year. We, we have 20 extra kids. And the thing I love about it is with 71 kids comes 71 different motivations, 71 different passions to be at Bold, 71 maybe parents that made their kids go to Bold. And you have all these different motives that are always going to affect the way that the conference comes out, right? The reason you're there is always going to affect how much you press in. It's always going to affect um, what you get out of it. And the thing I love about seeing, right, Hudson just got done telling you, um, you know, not everyone, he, he didn't come into the conference with this warm receiving heart. He, you know, he was hesitant and as most kids are. But the beautiful thing that I saw when I watched kind of the kids, um, no matter what heart posture they're in, no matter how they felt about the conference before they come in, none of them are worshiping day three the way they were on day one. And none of them are talking the same and none of them are acting the same way because no matter what motivation they had when they came into the conference, every kid's going to every single session, every kid's worshiping to the same songs, they're listening to the same people. And what you see is gradually, no matter how much they want to, to some extent, every kid is faced with, am I gonna submit my will to God's will? And how much am I gonna do it? And so you see that with every single kid. Every single kid has changed in some way. That's, that, that's not negotiable, but every single kid is getting new things out of it. And a seed's being planted in every single one, and the only varying degree is how much am I submitting my will to God? A lot of these kids are just thinking about the, the amount of fun they're having. It's so fun, it's so, it's so enjoyable. And they're just thinking, I'm just having fun with Jesus. But what's really happening deep down in their spirit is they're learning what it's like to go out of their comfort zone and to worship for nine hours a day, to listen to sermons, to be in a, in, a, in a church for nine hours a day and to spend fellowship with their brothers and sisters for the rest of the day. And that is nothing more than submitting your will to God's will. That is, that is a, a, a holy way of living and it's beautiful. But what you see on the last day, I just remember reflecting, we, we did an hour and a half of testimonials in a parking lot of our hotel and kids are bawling and, and kids are hugging each other and, and some kids that I saw who didn't even wanna to come to worship nights can't stop crying and you're just overflowed with this love, this, this, this communion with these people that you've seen every day but you've never seen them this way. It's, it's the way God sees them. It's this beautiful love that can only be given um, by a new perspective that's given by these people at these conferences and it's so beautiful because when you submit to God's will at these conferences, it's under the supervision of every speaker and of every worship leader, and they care so much about how these kids come out. And I know a lot of you have never been to Bold. Many of you have never been to Bold. Some of you have never been to a conference or a camp or so on and so forth. And you might just kind of be confused as to why these kids are so passionate about the testimonies they're sharing and why they sound so passionate. And that's because these people that run Bold they're preaching to them every single session, three times a day, pray, intercede, love your neighbor more than yourself, and love God. And they're sharing testimonies over and over again. And these kids are being fed that for nine hours a day. And so you see how it transforms them. And so when I'm leaving the conference and I'm thinking in the van or I'm, or I'm thinking in, in the parking lot after testimonials, I'm looking at these kids and they're so different, they're so overflown with love, they're so passionate about what they just met, and 
they're just slowly, slowly realizing in the innermost of themselves, wow, I'm, I'm submitting my will to God. They're realizing what it looks like. And at the end of the day, the beautiful thing about it is it's a seed, right? It's just, it's, it's a conference. It's a seed that's planted in them. Boom, Caleb, pray more in the morning. Boom, Caleb, this is what it looks like to really love me. Boom, Hudson, this is what it looks like for seed to fall on good soil. And the beautiful thing that really happens is now, right? This is when the conference really finds its meaning, when the conference is over, when the stage isn't here, when the speakers aren't being flown out from every you know, part of the nation. And this is the beautiful thing because that's when, when God truly moves and he truly nourishes. When I went to Bold Conference last year, all I was left with was a seed and he nourished it so much. All I knew after I left Bold Conference was I need to start learning what it's like to love, the, love God more in the world. I need to start learning what it looks like to lay down my life. And that slowly nourished into God just saving me and embracing me into his family. And so I'd really ask you guys, I'm not supposed to ask you guys anything, it's supposed to be a testimony, but um, is please pray for us, like us high schoolers and us kids, because it, you know, we, we, they all, 71 kids have a seed planted in them and um, it'll be up to God to nourish it and to help it grow. But I'd really just ask you guys um, to pray for us because your prayers are so, so powerful. Thank you guys. Amen. Love you guys. You can take a seat. Will you all stand with me and grab your Bible, actually. Go ahead and grab your Bible. Open up to Psalm chapter 34. Psalm chapter 34, verse 5. We're just going to pray this and sing this for a minute, and then we're going to go. It says, those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. So now if you'll take your Bible and you just push it into your heart. Push, like you're pushing the scripture onto your heart. God, make us radiant. We want to be ones who seek your face, Jesus, with everything we are. Father, I thank you that when we're with you, there's no boredom. And God, we just give you our boredom. Would you make our face radiant as we behold you as you are, Jesus? Thank you, God, that you have freed us from walking in shame. We're just going to continue to pray this just for a couple minutes. Jason's going to sing into this. Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.